This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast, Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk about, well, pest control after shit hits the fan. No, I'm not talking about the bigger pests, like the two-legged kind. I'm thinking a little smaller, maybe rodents, rats, mice, ants, or I guess rodents kind of mice, you got that. But ants, that kind of shit, um, things that are getting in your... Uh, and your stuff ruin your supplies and basically they can ruin your day. Now there's a lot of diseases that are carried by rodents that are just disgusting, like the plague. That's kind of a thing. And you're like, well, we haven't had plague in America, but as we're starting to see out in California and stuff, they are starting to see things like that. And the idea is once the system really deteriorates and you don't have proper sewage and proper you know, garbage storage and garbage pickup and that kind of thing coming and dealing with stuff. All of a sudden, these things are going to start popping up that have been gone for a long time. Turns out washing your hands actually buys you a lot. And when these things start going away and having proper flushing toilets and things that, you know, make the world the nice smelling and happy world that we live in, once those things disappear, things start to change and rodents are, are tough because they carry, you know, lice and ticks and all these things that end up, you know, bringing problems, I guess, maybe not lice. Yeah, they do bring lice too, but mm-hmm. definitely ticks and all this stuff carry a lot of other disease. That's going to be a problem. So I don't know. What are some things that you can do around your house that's going to, not attract mice and maybe keep the mice out. Got any ideas, Kevin? Yeah, well, the the main thing you want to think about is is really sealing your house up. If you can stick a pencil 
through a hole in your house, that's small enough, that's big enough for a, for a mouse to get through. Um, that expanding foam is, uh, yeah. is great. Caulking things great, in. Great stuff or whatever. Yeah, right. great yep. stuff. Yep. Sealing everything up is really the first big step. You know, getting your house closed in, uh, having sweeps on your doors, making sure everything opens and closes and fits tight. Um, and, uh, you know, having having a, a, a case of, of caulk in your basement is probably a, not a bad thing to just have on hand. All right. I like that. So some of the things I was coming up with, you know, like like you said, having the whole outer thing sealed, you really have to do like a perimeter check, you know, just walk around and go through and kind of crawl under the deck and see where the openings are and at least go, you know, kind of high up too. you know, yeah, the rodents can go up high, but really it's that bottom two feet of your house that touch the ground or along your deck and that kind of thing where are going to be your key entry points where these critters are looking to get in. But obviously, you know, there are openings, you know, events and things like that, that, you know, things are, anything's possible when they get hungry enough and desperate enough. Um, But I imagine that there's going to be garbage everywhere that they're not going to be that hungry. However, on the flip side, that garbage around is going to have them reproducing and all over. And and that's where you're going to get into trouble. Another thing that kind of really matters is actually keeping doors closed. Um, Being aware of that, you know, people want to, uh, you know, maybe you don't have your heat or your, your um, air conditioning working after a shit hits the fan kind of situation. So being able to have screens or that kind of thing, plan those things out now to keep your house open and that kind of thing. Cause you don't want to just have your door wide open. Cause that's when these critters are just invited in. You're not, you know, standing guard 24 seven. Um, another thing is like, if you have fruit trees around your property, um, in a perfect world, you want them out a little bit and not, you know, right at your front door. Uh, having that rotting fruit as things fall that, you know, aren't really any good. Um, I'm sure people will be more desperate and picking stuff up in a end of the world kind of situation. But having that fruit on the ground it, it will attract animals. So, again, if your fields are, you know, a little further away from the house, maybe not so much a problem. But think about that when you're planning. Also, like stacked firewood, that kind of thing. I mean, the idea is like really, I mean, nobody wants to go far to get their firewood when it's winter and it's cold and you want it right there. But if you want to keep the critters out, having it like 100 feet away from the house is kind of a better situation. And maybe that little exercise of running out, you know, over to the the wood pile and coming back, you know, every day isn't going to be the end of the world, you know. Um same thing, you know, at least 100 feet on the fruit trees. Again, if you can plant it. If you have the fruit trees, maybe you just pick it up or maybe you do a better job securing your house. Um, another thing I was thinking about is just junk piles in general. You know, having like that old tarp laying around or, you know, a bunch of parts for stuff or just things around. You know, I know I one of my, my entries to the house, I have a... Uh, a small side deck and I just throw extra boards and things that I might reuse for something there. Cause it's handy and it's easy, but those, that pile of boards is just, you know, 
there's always a good chance that I'm going to pull it out and there's going to be a chipmunk sitting there, a mouse sitting there, a squirrel sitting there, sometimes even a woodchuck, you know, whatever. So these things definitely attract rodents. And so just keeping the area clear around your house um, will make a big difference. Another thing is, uh, believe it or not, stacked cardboard is another, you know, big incentive. And these things, think of it the same way inside your house. Um, the more clutter you have, especially around your food storage, is just inviting the opportunity for these critters to hide. And when the critters feel safe and have a place to hide, they're going to say, hey, this is a great place for me to stick around. And that's where you're getting into trouble, you know, is, is when you're making it a, a friendly home for them. Mm-hmm. That's, that's something to consider. Yeah. Another thing about, about trash, um, you know, really you should be trying to reduce the amount of trash you're creating to begin with. Um, you know, I burn all my, my, all my papers, all my mail, all that sort of stuff. Um, I compost all the food waste and that's really a big thing is the food waste. You know, they, they come to that smell. If you have a compost bin or even if you don't have a compost bin, you take it out to the edge of the yard and throw it out, out there. You know, it's better than having it right next to your house. Yeah, but, um, it's got to be a little bit away. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I was looking through some medieval uh, pest control ideas. Okay. All right. Uh, it was really some awful, awful stuff. Like, they really had no idea. Uh, according to the this Byzantine book about uh, pest control, if you have a problem with mice, you can write a letter to them. Saying that if you catch them in the on your property, that you're going to call down of the call down or swear upon the mother of the gods that you will cut them into seven pieces. But then you yes. also have to give them a piece of land that they can go live on, so that yes. you know that way they have somewhere to go. Um, but you have to post it on a rock with the words facing out, so the mice can actually read it. Otherwise, if they right. can't read that's, it, that's you know, they don't see it. They don't know, right? Yeah, but it's too high up. You put it on the tree. They're going to be like, I can't even look up there. That's too that's, high. Sure. That's right. So um, they also said that if you smear uh, radish juice all over your hands, then scorpions won't sting you. It can, you can just pick them up. I mean, I'm not going to try that out. If one of you guys want to give that a try, I have serious doubts that that's going to work. But if you have a scorpion problem, maybe that's your solution. All right. Something to keep in mind. Um. um all right. So you wanna, let's, well, let's, yeah. You want to get into uh, rats and mice, some uh, pest control ideas? All right. Sounds good. So rats and mice, aside of posting signs on our rocks around the yard, what else could we do? Um, now, people with basic, basic mouse traps, um, they work pretty well, but you really have they to do. know how to use them. Uh they say they recommend that if you see any mice and you're going to set up some traps, you want a minimum of two dozen traps and you want to set them with bait without you want to set them around the house, but you don't want to set the traps. Basically, you're going to see which ones get the bait and then focus okay. your focus your traps all in that area. You're in okay. those areas. Um, you're going to want to set them against the wall facing away from each other. So if a mouse comes from either direction, it's going to head head into the, to the trigger first. 
Uh, okay. Say, uh, the debate should be uh, either peanut butter or chocolate syrup. I think a lot of chocolate. Yeah. I know. Um, you always hear peanut butter, and everywhere I was looking today, kind of seemed to take me chocolate. into the chocolate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chocolate wow. syrup sounds smart. I think one of the ones I saw was like chocolate uh, frosting. And, mm-hmm. you know, they wanted something they could smear on it, you know, was the idea. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. No, there's a lot of that. Um, I, I know you guys immediately come to mind all these videos we see on YouTube of, uh, you know, these traps with the little roller in it and you see them dropping the mice in the bucket, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. Um, I've seen that, you know, some kind of like toilet paper roll or paper towel roll. They'll have the cardboard yeah. where basically, basically it's a lever and it teeters. Right. So they right. walk out on the edge and then it dumps them into the bucket. And yeah, take a look at up- some of those, get an idea. I mean, I, I, I don't know how you've been on YouTube and not seen these videos because they seem like they're everywhere. But, uh, you know, people seem to fill these buckets up pretty quick with that. But yeah, I who knows? set some up and uh, it worked pretty good. A guy uh, set it up for me, actually, he called it a Adirondack mousetrap. But I'm okay. sure I live in the Adirondacks. I'm sure if you go into any area... Any redneck will call it that that area mousetrap, you know. Um, right. But basically, it was a, a five-gallon bucket with a wire, you know, across the top of it. And he set up a – he drilled a hole in the top – or punched a hole in the top of – in the bottom of a can and put a, the wire through it. So it was just kind of across the top of the bucket and smeared peanut butter around the outside of the can and yes. then filled the bottom up with uh, antifreeze. So that's a treat. I pull three or four mice out of this thing every day for, for the past, uh, I don't know, past three months. I've been clearing them out, but, um, obviously antifreeze is a little bit dangerous. Uh, if you got kids or you got animals, cats you, or you whatever, right. And getting into it. Um, another thing that, uh, one of the guys in the same place, cause it's a, it's a out of the way type area and the mice were getting into the wires and chewing shit up. Right. Um, he would just ke- catch big black snakes and put them in there, which is a, a little disconcerting when you go in, you're not expecting it. And it's a, uh, you know, six foot black well, snake just hanging out. I mean, the bottom line, you put some water in a bucket, they'll drown. I mean, right. it, you don't need to cover them. They can always swim so long. Mm-hmm. It sounds a little mean and I am a little mean. So, you know, yeah. but it's better than the plague. Yeah. And that, you know, aside of just spreading disease, they're pretty, um, destructive little creatures you know they chew that's up the thing. All they get in stuff. your food and that's the thing they destroy your food and they put all that disease and contamination in your food and bacteria mm-hmm. and all kinds of crap so you know when you have that big bag of rice and you're like oh cool i have you know like eight 25 pound bags of rice in the closet no problem mm-hmm. we're good and then you go and then you open the bag and there's a mouse sitting there staring up at you mm-hmm. you don't really want to eat that rice right um I'm sure uh, there's people who will when they get hungry enough in the apocalypse, but uh, you know it, it's something to consider and something you want to avoid on the uh, the honest answer. Now, what about storing our food uh, and any uh, tips or tricks on how we should uh, keep our stuff? Or well, I mean, obviously you want things airtight. You don't want the the smell of your food getting out to begin with. You know, you don't want it to be an attraction. Um, same thing with, you know, with day-to-day stuff like your dog food and things like that. 
That'll yeah. draw in all sorts of stuff. You have to, you can't just have it in a bag in a the chicken feed, the dog food, the cover, the, right. those those are always the big like inviting. Mm-hmm. I've gotten um, um a few uh a few of those big five gallon buckets that they use for cat litter. Okay. Um, the plastic plastic buckets. And they seal back up, and they're great for things like dog food and cat food and shit like that. Uh, chicken feed, you know, because you can open them, close them, you know, and seal them, seal them tight. Now, obviously, a mice can chew through plastic if it's if yes. it's into that, but um, you know, they're not going to go digging trying to chew through plastic if they can't even smell food. Being right, there. the big thing is is right being open. So, also, like I know when I had feed. Uh, garbage cans with tight fitting lids like i usually mm-hmm. do the straight old school metal cans mm-hmm. um if you keep those in any kind of area with moisture you know they say maybe put it on wood or something like that so that way it doesn't start to rust at the base um you know those uh seasonal cans that people get like popcorn or cookie tins those are pretty mm-hmm. good at sealing things up um five right. gallon those buckets metal. those are good yeah. metal tins you know and right good size Right. Um, five gallon buckets are, are fine. Uh, you know, everybody's always like, oh, food grade. Well, okay, whatever. Go to Lowe's, buy a bunch of buckets, clean it out. The big the thing with, uh, yep. yeah, with food grade, I know when I make beer and stuff, when I worry about bacteria, the big thing is to not have any cuts or scratches in the, uh, and I'm not talking about holes, but actual just like, you know, lines or, or marks in the uh, bucket. When they're on the inside, it's just another area that you can't wash and, and doesn't really come clean and the bacteria kind of. But bottom line, you have a, a clean, smooth five-gallon bucket. You put a little bleach water in there, and, and you're good to go to, to store food there. Um, some rodents can chew through those buckets, but it kind of goes back to what Kevin said of, you know, the idea is that you want it to be airtight where they're not smelling it. And then you're going to be good. Um, I typically have this stuff wrapped like in plastic inside the bucket, mm-hmm. but it, it's just one more layer for the smell. But, you know, who knows? Um, the other thing would be like glass jars. You know, obviously when you see people preserving or canning, you know, they're using the glass jars. Well, not mm-hmm. only are they good for, you know, the steam and the heat and the temperature and all that to to keep things nice. They're also good at, you know, sealing it properly and making it where nothing can get inside and, and get to it. So that's, that's definitely something you want to consider. Yeah. I think, um, <clears throat> I think as a prepper, uh, all of us should be paying attention to, uh, to containers, you know, we should be obsessing about that sort of stuff. Any type of like sealable, sealable container, you know, there's tons of different options as far as, uh, finding cheap stuff, you know, even yeah. if you're just buying products that, you know, the container can be reused, like the popcorn tin, like you were mentioning, um, you know, your five-gallon buckets that, you you know, you maybe buy a, buy a thing of um, joint compound, you know, clean it out when yeah. you're done with it. Um, all those containers that, you know, that typically get thrown out, you should, you know, keep your eyes open for what's, uh, what works and what would be good for, for uh, storage. Now, once my house is already set up, I have a hard time getting through five gallons of joint compound. I'm just saying. That's true. I mean, I, I sometimes put some holes in the wall, but, you know, I'm not not crazy. You know, a good party, you know, whatever. Maybe you're going through a five-gallon bucket on the weekend, but that, that's a little much for me. Mm-hmm. 
Now, I have rage problems that I punch holes in drywall. All right. You see, that's that's starting to make a little more sense. Yeah. Now we're getting it. Um, The uh, another thing that that we used to do in the Navy to deal with uh, rodents turns out rats and ships and I don't know, they have a thing. You go to a shipyard where they're loading and unloading grain and all this stuff. They actually the rats will climb up the lines onto the side of the ship. Right. And. It's not such a big deal to, you know, for your house, this is kind of a little tidbit of knowledge, not something you might do. But we used to have, they'd call them rat guards, where around the ropes that were coming up to the side of the ship, they'd put like, it looked like the dog cones mm-hmm. that, and around the rope. So the idea was the rat couldn't come around it and keep going. You know, they'd fall off when they tried to climb around. Well, the problem is you get big enough rats and they just always seem to be able to come around and and not have a problem so we would actually and this is the part that might apply in the apocalypse have somebody who would sit out there with a gun and shoot the rats as they were climbing off the ship all the time and and that was you know a job so maybe you put somebody in charge of being the rat shooter i'm just saying that's a little i think i think one of the um one of the firearms that is really underrated for the apocalypse is uh, 22s. They're really great weapons for a lot of small little things like that. You know, whether it's rabbit hunting or rat shooting, uh, woodchucks, right. all that stuff, man. Um, another thing with rats that I had, I had was working at an old um, uh, camp up in the mountains there uh, that uh, one of the, uh, was like a Hasidic Jewish. Uh, camp there yes and uh the owner of it told me that his uh his brother worked at a uh at a chocolate factory and he said and we know that rats love chocolate they love so. chocolate he said what they would and you know there's a there's an amount of rat hair that can be in chocolate that's acceptable Who because you're never going to be able out. to keep all the rats out of the, out of the chocolate they just love it he said what they would do is uh catch one and then take a coat hanger and gouge its eyes out and then let yes. it go. And then it would go, he said it would go tell all its little rat friends about what happened <laughs> and all the rats would stay away. Now, when I was looking through the medieval, uh, medi- it wasn't medieval, in there. No, it wasn't there, except they said, suggested cutting its dick off. Yes, because that in Vietnam, how right. often did you see that play out where they'd pose mm-hmm. somebody's testicles or whatever right. hanging out? I ain't going to fuck around with that dude. He cuts dicks off. Exactly. So you got to, I mean, uh, I don't know if that really works. I've never tested it myself, but um, now, I'm going to give it a try. I, I didn't have a good uh, a suggestion on this, but uh, you said uh, some ants and and critters like that did you have any uh techniques there i know honestly like we when i bought my house it seemed like we always used to get uh those like little uh, they call them sugar ants or the little sweet ants you know the small ones that go to whatever sweet or water stuff you have mm-hmm. um I, I never really had a big problem with carpenter ants or things like that but you know that can be an issue anyway i used to just go to lowe's and buy the freaking little spray can and you know, you buy, what is it, ortho home defense for bugging whatever, whatever. I don't know even what brand. I just go in and buy one. And I got to say, if I spray my house in the springtime and I go around and I got to go under the deck and I go to the deck posts, but whenever I spray it, I don't have a problem. Mm-hmm. And I imagine 
that would last a couple of years. You know, if you keep your house under whatever, and you're buying a fresh can every year, that can's going to last two or three years. And, right. you know, that kind of thing will help. I don't know what the chemical is in it. I'm sure you could look at the bottle or Google it in two seconds. That could have been the research I could have done for you. But, you know, even if I told you, you'd forget by the end anyway. You're going to have to look it up anyway. So, come on. There you go. Last Do you have I any more? Uh, yeah, on okay. that. For for ants, yeah, I, you know, I read that uh, they don't like mint, like planting mint, you know, say around the house or around your garden. Also, um, soap spray works, you okay. know, mixing some soap up in water bottle and spraying it around your house. Uh, diamaceous earth is another yes. one. It's like a, it's like a, um, a sharp. It basically it's it's um, it's ancient algae that uh, really? that uh, yeah that that um turned into a, a sand over over millennia huh. and it's sharp and it yes. causes the ants to like uh be dehydrated and it yes cuts them up and so, so it drives them away from the house yeah what what i heard on that cuz i i had issues with a dog and they were worried about mange or anything like that it ended up not being the case but so we had had bought this and so we'd done some research on its diatomaceous earth Mm-hmm. So it's like a really fine powder looking. It looks like a uh, talcum powder, something right. like that. Um, I couldn't find it anywhere. I had to order it online. Actually, I didn't even order it online. I saw it online and I actually had a customer of mine who was like, oh, I know what that is here. You need that. And they sent me home with a big bag. And cause they're like, we're yeah. buying 30 pound bags of it or whatever. So bottom line is it's supposed to be hard shell insects so your really tiny ones your lice your things anything with a like exoskeleton that's you know like that it um it basically fills all the cracks and everything in there so like you're saying they uh get dehydrated and end up dying mm-hmm. so it really uh can you know deter yeah, you that and- pool supply companies okay have them. that's yeah all right mm-hmm. and then the thing is with that is if you just put like a line on the ground, anything that crosses it, you know, it's going to take them out as far as hard shell insects. Yeah, it, it's really any hard shell. Yeah. Yeah. You want to be careful when you put it down. You don't want to be breathing it in. Um, so just a dust mask or something if you're going to. I don't know if anybody's had anything to me. So now I feel like maybe I'm going to die. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Mesothelioma. You're done for. Oh, uh, that's that's I don't even sweat that one. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, the last topic I had on this is uh, garden pests and keeping uh, critters out of there. Now, there's a lot of plants and different things we can do in the garden area that you had mentioned mint. And uh, yep. there's also like marigolds um, yeah, are I big. Marigolds around the, the outside of my garden every year. Right. And uh, uh, you, know, you can just. You can just uh, the marigolds. You can just let them dry up, and they'll drop the seeds right back where they were growing, and you know, grow year after year. Nice, I like that. Uh, you know, things that are self-sustaining. You know, this thing, everything you buy that's that's good for one year, it kind of sucks. So, uh, right, right. Anyway, what is it? Annuals or whatever? It just uh-huh. seems like a waste. Seems it's wrong. Um, <laughs> so anyway, but you can also collect seeds and different things you can do. But anyway, right. uh, rosemary. Uh, is another one. Uh, another thing that I'd, I'd seen was 
when you go out to the garden and you're chopping things up and whatever with your tools and you're digging out and weeding and planting, all the uh, insects are laying their eggs in the dirt. And Mm -hmm. as you move your tools from area to area around the garden, you're bringing the eggs and transplanting them around the garden. Mm -hmm. And they actually suggest that you rinse your tools off as you go from uh, area to area. You know, like, obviously, you're not going to rinse your tool off in your four-foot garden box. But as you go from one to the next or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe your row in one section to the next row, you will actually carry the eggs from one section to another. So just maybe rinsing the tools off in between is not a bad move, something to consider. That's, a, that's something I just learned. I never heard of that before. That's a good idea. Secret of the pros right there, you know? Mm-hmm. So... No, that's that's pretty much uh, my take on pest control. I think the big thing is having a plan. You know, buying the the twenty mouse traps before the apocalypse or whatever. You right. know, mouse traps are resettable, and you know these things right. can be used again. And you maybe rat store. traps. You can have them stored and and set away. You know, it's not going to go bad, right? Um, they they really aren't an expense. Yeah, and maybe they're a good barter item for the mm-hmm. apocalypse, right? Yep. And uh, another thing I would recommend on, on one hand, um, I love the uh, the really toxic poisons that you can yes. set up the sprays, the, uh, you know, like the hornet wasp sprays. You can stick those in a, in a, you know, in your closet and have 20 of them just on hand. You know, same with like roach spray and ant spray and um, those foggers. Not bad to have those around because you won't be able to run out and get them when you need them. And pests are just a big problem. I don't want to have fleas in the apocalypse or lice, you know, all the kids with lice. That's all we need. I would uh, say definitely keep some of that home lice uh, stuff in the closet. uh, That bubonic Um, plague, man, that was all fleas. The, uh, yeah, and as far as lice, actually, one of the things I I probably should have mentioned is um, there's this... uh, Shoot, it's called Fairy Tales Shampoo, and you can buy it on Amazon. Some of the stores have it. I think I've seen it at Walmart, but it's definitely not something that's always there. Um, but it basically has tea tree oil. Mm-hmm. And we it was funny because we went through the bout of all the kids getting lice at school. And first, like, you know, one kid will come home with lice and then a couple, you know, two or three years later, you'll get another kid with lice. And then, and so we'd use, I don't know what if it would, it was like red or one of these. Right. And it would work. And then all of a sudden you'd get a kid and it doesn't work. And you're like, what the hell, you know, we're washing their hair and we're, we're combing out eggs and whatever the, uh, and they, they're like, oh, that's super lice. And I'm like, what the uh, hell? Super, super lice. lice. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, you need to buy this really aggressive one. And then there's one that's more, you know, I think it might even say for super lice or whatever. And so we, we do the, the more hardcore. And then that actually got rid of them. But then we had read online about the the tea tree oil and stuff. Cause we were more worried about like other people in the family, you know, you don't want like infestation of going to the next person and whatever. Right. And we buy this uh, shampoo and even with the tougher stuff, kids washing their hair like three, four days with it and no problem. It all just kind of took care of itself. Now the big thing, even if you don't have chemicals combing out the hair 
and getting rid of the eggs and, and whatever, you're going to really beat that down. And you're thinking, oh, well, we don't have lice. We haven't had this problem. But when these things start to be an issue in the end of the world, when people aren't washing their hair, mm-hmm. it's a big deal. And you don't want to go through life with your head itching all the time and whatever, right. you know, you're at the point where everybody's shaving their head or whatever, you know, you're starting over. Yeah. They're like, nope, I'm done. Now, generally boys, uh, boys won't get well, they have short hair. I mean, short hair the- right. Right. Now, one of the other tricks now, I'm always telling you guys um, to stock up and have a supply of Vaseline. Vaseline, you, if you, you suffocate them, if you, yeah, if you rub your scalp and vas- Vaseline, you'll suffocate. But just be fair warning: you're never getting that fucking Vaseline out of your hair. That's it. Don't, but there's don't nothing. Do that unless it's an emergency, and that's your only option. There is nothing sexier than a guy with greasy hair. That's what that's I can right. tell you. So you know, you want to win the ladies in the apocalypse. You keep mm-hmm. that Vaseline in the hair, and you be shiny. Yeah, but there's a you know there's a Nothing lot of bacteria that. that that spreads via these these there's a parasite uh, toxoplasmosis and it uh, gets in mice and the mice get um get uh, sexually aroused by the smell of cat urine. Who so hasn't cats, seen that play so out? Right up to the cats, the cats eat them, and it incubates inside the cats. The cats shit it out, and you clean the litter box. That's why pregnant women shouldn't shouldn't clean litter boxes but if you talk i I swear to god i've been doing this on my own just doing like a a random now do the women become aroused cleaning the litter box is that no what it does to people it's entirely different it makes them become uh, hoarders risk taking and hoarders yeah yeah. and hoarders Hoarders. (laughs) but if you talk to anybody that rides a motorcycle you ask them if they uh if they uh had cats a lot as as kids and nine times out of ten, man, they they always had cats growing up in their house. I'm telling you, yep. makes makes Seeing people it. insane. People are insane. So I don't know. That's how that plays yeah. out. The crazy that's... cat lady story is a real thing, and it's because of toxoplasmosis. It's the the hoarding, the risk taking, that sort of stuff. It makes you insane. And they say something like in in Europe, they say something like thirty percent of the population has this. Has the parasite? It's crazy, and wow. it's probably like fifteen, twenty percent in the United States too. You know, wow, that's high. Yeah. Now, is there anything they do about that, or no? Well, You're just screwed once you got you it. Can, you can antibiotics or yeah, something, some sort of you know, some sort of cure for it. But I mean, it's not really, it's not really dangerous aside of making you do. D- dangerous stupid shit like riding a motorcycle too fast after you've been drinking at the bar and isn't really being a hoarder something dangerous Mm -hmm. that that sounds risky to me yeah i I mean i say that but like aren't us as preppers really aren't aren't we all kind of hoarders hoarders. yeah (laughs) i mean i don't save my garbage and have piles of shit everywhere but i do have boxes and boxes full of shit you know yeah i hear you gotta keep it organized Um, then you're not a hoarder then you're just uh is it you know what I think the anti-hoarder uh, tool is? Just buy a labeler. Mm-hmm. There you go. You put then labels on everything. Yep. Not a hoarder. You're. you're <laughs> I don't know what you are, but you're not a hoarder if you have a labeler. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's the ticket. Um, and really, the secret key to pest control, even though Kevin just scared you off from ever owning a cat, if it's you just cats. have a cat. <laughs> 
maybe you don't have a problem then, you know? But don't have one of those fucking, uh, those gay-ass house cats that have the long hair that don't do shit. You got to have one of the scrappy cats that stays outside that just that has, shit up all the time. Like if it has more than one eye, it's probably the yeah, wrong cat. Yeah, you know, you, the wrong one. You got to get the mean fuckers, you know? That sounds right. I got um, one cat, man. I, I swear to God, if, if killing shit was an Olympic sport, he'd be a gold medalist, man. I've seen him snatch birds out of mid-flight. But, oh, um, shit. He's a nasty fucker. But uh, you know, <laughs> another thing that everyone always makes fun of those little uh, foo-foo dogs, the chihuahuas. Yes. And, yep. Man, those things are great for hunting down rats. Um, they'll tear them up. I, had a, I have a dog that's uh, uh, one of those little foo-foo dogs. But, man, she is vicious. She climbed down in the uh, woodchuck hole after chasing the woodchuck and got down yeah. in, in there and chewed up all the babies, drug all the babies uh, dead. <laughs> <laughs> Drug them all up out of there and chewed them up and spit them out. And there's a big pile of nice. dead baby woodchucks everywhere. So, I mean, those dogs, the thing is with these animals is you have to have them as outside working animals. You know, they can't be just the lap dog that sits in your lap. You know, the little foo-foo dog that yaps all the time. They're, they're great, but you have to have them as outside animals, you know, that actually protect the property. Ah, that's where I went wrong with my dog. Mm-hmm. He's the lazy inside and just likes to whine when things aren't uh, uh, going his way. Or even if things are going his way, he doesn't know what to do. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to just whine. Mm-hmm. So they're always working against you somewhere. Um, No, not bad. Now, so you guys know, uh, you know, we put this show on and maybe, uh, you know, uh, we 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 have a sponsor, Tac Pack, and what they do is they send out tactical gear every month. That basically some kind of like special ops guys or whatever they they kind of search out the best products and are always trying new stuff and new gear, come up with new ideas. That you know, if you're an AR fifteen kind of guy, they they got the gear for you and. That's the thing, though, is it's very AR-15 specific. If you're not having AR-15s, this isn't the right thing for you. Don't even bother. But they come up with cool shit. Um, I, I think one of the last packs I got had, like, Target silhouettes for painting. Came with, like, a cool new stock that was different. Um, you know, stuff like that. There's just always kind of neat gear in there that, you know, things you might not have considered or something goes a different way or whatever. Basically what they do is is they buy in bulk so they can get the best prices and they'll buy you know a ton of stuff and then they put it together so you're paying 50 bucks a month but then you're sometimes getting 100 150 dollars worth of gear will come because they're you know you're getting that value of them buying in bulk and they're basically acting on what deals they can get so if you uh, go to tackpack.com and use the code badass what they do is they'll actually hook you up with some like special cool stuff that, you know, might make it a little better for you, you know, mm-hmm. M- make life a little smoother, a little, a little bonus for, uh, you know, being our friend basically. And so with that, um, there's a check them know, out. Yeah. With that tech pack, what I really liked about it was that it turned me on to a couple of different, different companies that you yes. know make, make you know i went and searched out to see if i could find it you know another knife or something like the one they had sent me uh american right. upro knife and tool company um 
if you're looking for a knife, man, it's a great, great website. Go check them out. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about before we wrap things up, yeah, uh, is um, we talked last week. We talked about uh, China doing um, uh, kind of bullying companies into what they say and what they're willing to say. Uh, yes, we talked, we talked about. Uh, I think we got on it, Apple. on it, and uh, Apple. Um, the NBA, you saw LeBron James is getting all sorts of rations of shit for what he said. Um, right. <clears throat> uh, the other one was South Park. They did an episode recently about um, right. banned in China, which immediately got them banned in China. And that's fine. That's not a big deal. Except now everybody's dropping South Park. Uh, Netflix oh. is refusing to, to uh, have any of their series available. Uh, Amazon... Um, the movie channel they've got, they're not, they're not going near South Park. Um, wow. So, I mean, it's when they ban something or they censor something, it kind of uh, trickles over to the United States. Um, so don't let these companies get away with that shit, you know? Just because China doesn't want to hear anybody talk trash about it, um, they're bullying everybody else, uh, American companies, into, into not saying anything. Yeah. And obviously so, uh, when they hurt your dollars coming into your pocket, right. you know, and that's the thing, like, so I, I have no idea. I, I hadn't even heard this, but I have no idea, you know, what their stance is and what their deal is. But when you work for a company, so you have your show, you know, South Park, whatever, and maybe Comedy Central is the one who has the contract to distribute it or whatever. I have no idea who it doesn't really matter. But the idea is when you have a deal with Comedy Central. It's not just you and your principles because you can might be like, well, you know what? Fuck it. I make enough money that it's still worth doing it just for Comedy Central and whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't even care. But your parent company might be like, hey, you know, we're selling this to Amazon. We're selling it to everything. And the stuff you did, damn you. Look, you cost us all this. And now if you don't start shaping up and fall in line and do things the right way, we're going to keep you off the air and drop you. And that's the kind of thing that, you know, where they're able to manipulate you and pressure you. And yeah. that's the whole thing, you know, that people are like, oh, well, you know, you put the stigma with, you know, oh, well, you're a gun owner, then you can't, you know, do this, this and this. And, you know, it, it just builds that idea where you just get cut out of more and more. And then all yeah. of a sudden there's consequences that, you know, have bigger repercussions than what you, you know, previously anticipated. So just be careful of that and make sure you're supporting the companies and the people, the things you like, the companies that represent your values, make sure that's where your dollars are going. Um, I know you always hear uh, one of the big ones is like Verizon with the cell phone. I mean, I don't know anybody who has maybe not maybe other companies do a lot better money wise, but Verizon cell phone is pretty much the best service. Most places in the country are getting and, but there's, they're really, they're using their money to kind of work against a lot of the values that people have. And you have to understand where your money's going and who it's supporting that kind of thing. So just be aware of it. And, you know, maybe spend your money the right way. Um, just think about it. Just something to say. All right. And if you guys want to go to our Facebook page, um, Prepping Badass. Uh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's 
facebook.com slant prepping badass or if you search we have a uh, a facebook group called uh the prepping badass group um again we're pretty open let you know most people in uh try not to let too many atf guys in there but you know if you see somebody wearing a ball cap just saying yep, yep. and if you ever showed off your guns on the facebook page i encourage that i love love to see everybody set up just mention that they all um they all were lost immediately after you posted that. You know, your boat sank and they're all in the boat and just gone forever. But because uh, no, I'm, I'm not as scrutinizing as I should be, maybe with who I'm joins. Not, so. I'm always uh, I'm always uh, excited to see everybody set up and what they're working with at home. And uh, yeah, you know, it's it's I really uh, really love going to that Facebook page and checking out what everybody's posting, what everybody's up to. Now, I will point out that I live in a state where I can now have suppressors. Ooh, Just saying, I, the future's looking up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we all have opportunities coming. So, with that, stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Mm-hmm.